Good morning, everyone. Um, we're back in John um, this weekend, and we're in a series in the Gospel of John where we're looking at um, the diff- seven different signs of the, the kind of the presence of the kingdom of God um, found in the Gospel. And so last week we looked at the first sign, which was um, the sign of Jesus turning water into wine at the wedding. Um, Sonia introduced this series, um, really focusing in on this passage, that the beginning of John starts with this, um, this declaration that from, from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. And so the framing of John is that of, of, of God who has dwelt in and with us in the very mundane, concrete areas of our life, and that grace abounds in that. Um, and then the first sign was that of a wedding, right? The first thing Jesus does um, when he wants to train disciples and show them God's kingdom is he takes them to a week-long celebration and party. And um, we just talked a little bit about, about what, what, what that does to our perception of following Jesus when we begin with Jesus as one who celebrates and sings and dances. Um, and this week we're going we're gonna to look at, it, at the second sign, which is, is found in John chapter 4. Before we do that, I want us to just think a little bit. Um, and we're gonna, Sometimes we do this at Mountainside. For those of you who are new, we, we kind of break into some uh, conversations um, throughout the teaching time. And we're going to do that a little bit today. Um, and so two prompts that you can kind of pick one or the other that you're going like, to share with, um, with someone next to you here in just a minute. And I'll, I'll kind of um, prime that. Um, first of all, um, naturally, all the stories we're looking for at are signs. Um, and the story we're going to look at today kind of really plays with that, that idea of God showing signs of God's presence. And kind of our posture in that. And the reality is we're here worshiping God together and we, for, for one reason or another, we are here because God has got a hold of our imagination to some degree. For some, it's we are here to worship God because we have sensed God's presence all week and we're grateful and we're thankful and we give praise to God. For others, we have sensed God's presence and deliverance um, before and, and we're here to sing songs, God rise up. We need you to rise up. Um, I'm wondering, one option for your small groups is share a time when you would say in your life, I experienced a sign from God. Um, it could be a big, you know, angel in the sky, you know, billboard changes, you know, or something like that and says something or, or whatever. Um, it could be big. Um, or it could be very, very mundane, but you just kind of got this sense in that moment, whoa, that was a special moment. Um, maybe, maybe share a special moment if that's all you can muster on your mouth. But if you can, I would, I would say share with someone in a minute um, as one option of sharing uh, a, a time when you, you would say God, God gave a sign of God's presence in your life. The second um, option, and they, they're, 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 they're connected through this passage. Um, I want to show you, tell you about a friend of mine. I got a few pictures. This is Sal. 
Um, this is uh, who uh, Jonathan was referring to in his prayer. Um, Sal is kicking my butt these days um, in some like life-saving, literally life-saving ways. Um, as Sal is the, the boot camp leader that Ari and I have been going to for the last, I don't know, month or two. Um, most mornings at 5.30 in the morning. Um, yeah, it's early. Now we wake up really early on weekends too. It's frustrating. But um, this guy is the best. He, he's, uh, he's encouraging. He's challenging. Um, kind of sets it all up. We go in and we kind of do what we're supposed to do. Um, and as we've gotten to know Sal a little bit, we've, we learned that he served some time in the Marines and he has experience in war. And we're just kind of slowly getting to know him. And our passage today... Um, other than Jesus, the main character is a soldier. Um, I'll never forget the day my good friend, we had just graduated from college. I had no idea what kind of role he'd play in my life in the future. He called me and another buddy and said, hey, meet me at Acapulco tonight. I have big news. And Acapulco over here, I don't even know, if is it Acapulco still? I don't know, it was, I think, at that point. It was some, it's that Mexican restaurant over in Hastings Ranch. Um, and we're like, wow, weird, all right. So it was Rafi, and you guys know Rafi. Me and Rafi, we showed up, and we had no idea what to expect. And he had been kind of trying drama and theater and trying to get into the acting business, this friend of ours. And he said to us, well, I bet you wonder why you're here. I'm like, yeah, we kind of do. This is a little weird, a little uh, dramatic, it seems. Um, he said... I'm, I signed up to join the Navy. I'm going to be a SEAL. And we were like, whoa, it just floored us. Um, he ended up being a pilot, not a, not a SEAL. And he also ended up being my brother-in-law as he ended up marrying Ari's sister. And so Marcos, um, and now his children are my nephews, um, and he's a soldier. Um, and so I bring him with me to this passage today. So here's your options as you share in your groups. They're, they're connected through the story. Share a time that you felt like this was a time God showed me a sign of God's presence. You have to be brief stories, okay? Um, or share a name, a personal, a first name, a personal name of someone you know who's a soldier um, that you want to just kind of hold in mind um, as we work with this passage in just a minute, okay? Go for it. And if you don't know each other, introduce each other. Um, next week, I see some guests. Let's make sure they feel welcome and, and known. And I'll call us back in in a minute. All right. Um, now what we're going to do is I'm going to read um, our passage as best as I can. And I want you to kind of just take it in, get yourself into the story. Um, hopefully this character can come alive a little bit as we hear names of people um, that we know and love. Um, and maybe even imagine them uh, in this story. And I'm, the story is about signs. That's what this whole series is about. And sign, man, aren't there points in life where we're just like, God, give me a sign. Um, I don't have the money to live right now. Give me a sign of your faithfulness and bring me your providence or your, your sustenance, right? Um, God, I'm, I'm at this crossroads and I need to make a decision about this or that. Give me a sign so that I know what to do. Um, or, God, prove yourself. Like, I'm giving my life to this. Um, put your name in lights for me so I know that what I'm doing um, makes sense. We, we, signs are nice. So this passage is about kind of the nature of, of God's signs and 
kind of our interaction um, with those. So hear this story, and what you're going to do in your groups is just share real quick kind of what stands out to you um, as you listen. So Jesus, um, after two days, Jesus left for Galilee. He had been in Jerusalem. Jesus himself had testified that prophets have no honor in their own country. When he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him because they had seen all the things he had done in Jerusalem during the festival, for they also had been at the festival. He returned to Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. In Capernaum, there was a certain royal official, a soldier, whose son was sick. When he heard that Jesus was coming from Judea to Galilee, he went out to meet him and asked Jesus if he would come and heal his son, for his son was about to die. Jesus said to him, unless you see miraculous signs and wonders, you won't believe. The royal official said to him, Lord, come before my son dies. Jesus replied, go home. Your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and set out for his home. While he was on his way, his servants were already coming to meet him. They said, your son lives. So he asked them at what time his son had started to get better. And they said, the fever left him yesterday at about one o'clock in the afternoon. Then the father realized that this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son lives. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did while going from Judea to Galilee. Initial questions, initial thoughts, what caught your attention? Just share that in your groups. Um, real quick. Go for it. Doesn't have to be super deep or anything. Just what stood out to you?
All right. Let's come back together. <clears throat> Just like real quick, what, what caught our attention in the story? Nothing. Nothing. There was a lot of chit chat. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> Right. Jesus, ha Jesus has this kind of like, I think, cruel response to the man whose son is about to die and he's asked for help and Jesus says, well, unless you see signs and wonders, you don't believe. It's like, wow, that's pretty rough. And yet the man, uh, Jake pointed out in the end of the story, does in fact believe without having a sign and wonder um, right away. Right. No, that's good. It's a beautiful passage that way. Thank you, Ed. Yeah. Ed. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Right. So good. So good. One more. We'll cut your attention. Everybody right in there? Yeah, Jason. So this, the passage starts where Jesus is coming from Jerusalem to Galilee, which is his home, right? Canaan is right by there. Nazareth is right by there. And it starts with this statement where Jesus says, prophets aren't welcome at home. And yet the passage says that, in fact, they'd seen all the things he had done because they were at the festival um, and welcomed him. And so there's this like tension right off the bat in this story. That Jesus is heading home, the prophets are not welcome at home, and yet they welcomed him. And so it kind of, that right there um, would put us as readers kind of on our heels a little bit. Like, this is kind of weird. What's going on? Um, the, uh, the, um, this happens a lot in John. In chapter 2, we've already seen it. 
While Jesus was in Jerusalem for the Passover festival, many believed in his name because they saw the miraculous signs that he did. But Jesus didn't trust himself to them because he knew all people. He didn't need anyone to tell him about human nature for he knew what human nature was. Um, Later in John, even Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee, go to Judea, so your disciples can see the amazing works that you do. Those who want to be known publicly don't do things secretly. Since you can do these things, show yourself to the world. His brothers said this because even they didn't believe in him. And so in this story, there's this play on signs. What are the nature of signs? And what do we generally as humans want as signs? And they're not always the same. Um, Does that make sense? Um, So yeah, they welcomed him, but they welcomed him, why? Because he had done these miraculous, um, amazing things. How many of you guys watch um, America's Got Talent? Anybody else besides me and our family? Thank you, Anna. Come on, you're missing out. This is Sheen Lim. He is the winner of this year's America's Got Talent, and he's the most amazing, like, close-up magician. You'll, you'll ever see. But I was struck by even this. Like, we still love magic. All the feedback he was getting from the judges was like, I believe in magic now. I believe in it. This is amazing. And he won over these amazing singers, these amazing dancers, all kinds of great comedians. Like, this guy won because we love the, wow, the pizzazz. We, we just love this um, as humans. Um, and so then this Jesus begins to tell this story, and this is where Sal... Oh, by the way, Jonathan made a good point. Sal is not the person Jonathan was praying for. Sal is the person that I posted about in Facebook, just to be clear. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, so the story says that Jesus returned to Cana, where he turned the water into wine, and there was a royal official, a soldier, whose son was sick. And when he heard that Jesus was coming from Judea to Galilee, he went out to meet him and asked Jesus if he would come and heal his son. For his son was about to die. And I think what's so important about this is in this story, it begins, in this story about signs of God's presence, it begins with very real human need. It doesn't begin with, God, show me this miraculous thing and I'll follow, it begins with, I don't know who you are, like Ed pointed out, I'm not even sure if I believe yet. In fact, you're around pronouncing a new kingdom and I'm a soldier defending the current kingdom, Um, but I'm at my last wits end because my son's about to die and I'm coming to anywhere I know or think maybe this desperate need might be heard. And attended to. Um, I think the life of faith begins there in raw honesty um, with where we're at. Um, And Jesus has this response that at first read is like so rude, I think. But I think what he's doing is he's responding to the typical situation in Israel that he's finding. That people come to him saying, I believe because of the, the, the wild things you're doing. And I think Jesus is wanting more of that for, than that. Um, and so he says, unless you see miraculous signs and wonders, you won't believe. Here's a couple problems with 
discipleship based on our expectations of what God would do, right? Miraculous signs is us coming to God with, this is what it looks like for you to act, God. So let's see it, right? People are coming to Jesus. This is what it looks like for you to be you. So let me put you to the test and let's see it. And if it's wild enough, then I'll follow. Um, and I think what that reveals is a couple things. One, a, a, a willingness to follow only once God acts in the way that we determine. Um, and, and a second thing is that what that does to God is it puts a projection of our own imagination of how God acts in a certain situation when God might be wanting to act in a completely different way perhaps even a more abundant way. Um, but when we come with our expectations, we, we can limit, um, limit our, our ability to see what God's doing. The other thing is that even in the prayer we read today, God's power is different than the power that we're taught to appreciate. Right? Um, we may come to God with... With, with imagination of how God acts in powerful, powerful ways, but that definition of powerful is based in how the world views power, not in how God in Christ demonstrates power, um, which is to serve, which is to love, um, which is to forgive. God may want to act in the way that God acts. Um, um, what an amazing response. I love this response to Jesus. Um, almost like, okay, okay. Enough of your theological arguments. Um, come before my son dies. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Everyone wants sign. I get it, I get it. Maybe that's me, but guess what? My Come before my son dies. This very practical, desperate, concrete, response. Um, and Jesus, um, I think assumingly moved by compassion, moved by candor, maybe, moved by the rawness of this man's response, says, go home. Your son lives. And then begins this journey that Ed picked up on well. Kind of the the messiness of belief and faith. Did he leave in faith to the word? Did he leave in, okay, is that it? Like, are you coming with me, like Jason said? Well, you know, we're only left to imagine kind of what he was feeling and thinking as he left. But I think the point of the passage is this. He heard the word of God through Jesus Christ, and he acted on it. He lived into it. He obeyed it. Um, we've talked about this before um, at Mountainside. It's been a while, though. The word obedience, all this baggage with it, um, it, can, it can, depending on the context, right, use the word obedience could um, mean like doing things you don't want to do without understanding why, right, which in some ways that is a call that God has on us. Um, 
but it can be, it can be given to us outside of a loving, um, compassionate relationship. Um, we can feel cut off sometimes when we hear the word obedience. Um, in my worst parenting days, um, that may or may not happen um, around our household. Um, but the word obedience means to yield or to listen towards. Um, and I just think I see that in this passage. I see this soldier coming, saying, all right, I get your theological stuff, but my son needs your healing. And Jesus saying, go, he's healed. And in some, something in that moment, he listened towards that which God had called him to. He obeyed. I think there's a couple things um, I want us to remember. I don't know what deep human needs you bring or we bring, but God can handle those, I think this passage reminds us. Um, God can handle our requests, even if we don't understand the theological rationale for why we should be okay in asking these things. God can handle our deepest longings, and they can, we can offer them to God. I, I mean this next one in the most liberating of ways. Um, God doesn't have to say yes. You're okay to ask God anything. Oh, but, but, but certainly this, this need is small. This, this, God's got way bigger fish to fry and. I'm just not happy in my job and I could, I could use something that's more meaningful. He may say no. God may not, not go with what we're hoping. But it doesn't mean it's not okay to ask. Um, oh, you know, this, this thing just... It, it's, it seems like it's been a no for a long time. I better just stop bringing it to God because um, certainly um, the answer must be no. God doesn't have to say yes. And in a situation like this, obviously he hasn't. But you can continue to bring whatever it is. Um, big, small, everything in between. We can bring our, our greatest um, hopes and longings to God. Um, and, this, and we can leave the, the theological frameworks and, you know, I mean, I'm big. I, I like theological frameworks. These are important, and I, think, and I think they're really important. But when we're in desperate need and crying out to God, we can leave those things aside and trust that God will be, will be God. The soldier's urgent cry for help with Jesus you get the sense it's stilled by a word, Jesus' word, that takes control out of the soldier's anxious hands and places it, shifts it to the hands of Jesus. Um, when we are praying... Um, to God with, with the real, tangible stuff of life. Um, and we're open to listening towards what God, 
how God responds. We can take the control of our, of our situation, which the, half the time that's, that's a big part of the struggle, right? Is the inability to control a situation or fix it. And we can take that and we can release it. Um, and God will take it. And you almost feel that happening in this story. Um, one of the practices we do in the, in the communion rhythms group, this is our water bowl right here, but we take something like this, and it's a bigger bowl, right? And we hold it like this um, as kind of a physical reminder of open hands releasing whatever it might be um, to God's will and God's um, trust, trustworthy care for whatever it is that we might bring. Um, the story goes on. While he was on his way, his servants were already coming to meet him. And they said, your son lives. Um, so he asked them at what time his son had started to get better. And they said, the fever left him yesterday at about one o'clock in the afternoon. And then the father realized that this was the hour when Jesus has said to him, your son lives. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did while going from Judea to Galilee. There's a play on the word and on, 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 the, on, the, on the hope for signs in this story. And I think the, 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 the best way that I can describe it um, is that when we come to God... God, God is discouraging an approach of if you do what I expect you to do, then I will follow. Guess what? God can be God. And in other stories, God may, may even honor a request like that. But I think this story is discouraging that. And I think what this story is encouraging is this. In Jesus Christ, God has promised to be with us. And as we listen towards, as we obey, God will give signs of God's loving, healing, comforting presence. Um, it's a charge to come to this table, like these kids are coming, um, in faithful obedience with our desperate needs, honestly, candidly, um, with wide, eyes wide open for signs of God's joy, like the wedding at Cana, and abundance, and signs of God's healing um, and new life, like this story holds, holds for us. Sonia opened our series with this quote, and I just want to read it again because I think it really fits with, um, with this story. The gospel means that every small story, your story, a soldier's story, my story, your neighbor's story, the story of these kids, every, it begins and means that every small story is part of a sweeping story. 
every ordinary life with all its desperate need part of an extraordinary movement. God is busy making all things new, and the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus has opened that work to everyone who wants in on it. The church is not a group of people that believe all the same things. The church is a group of people caught up in the same story with Jesus at the center. Table, we make space for all the stories that are in this room um, to come and be grafted into the story of God and Jesus Christ. So I just encourage you to bring those longings that you have. Maybe the ones you've dismissed because they're not this or that or they don't add up. Um, bring those things um, to the table. And then in obedience, listening towards God's love and movement in our life, we leave here open to signs of God's presence and healing. Um, sign of God's presence that we've been given is that of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, and we celebrate that together as we come to the table. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he was with his friends. And he gave thanks. And afterwards, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Christ's blood that was poured out for us and for the sake of the world. And he said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death, God's sign of faithfulness to us until he returns. All are welcome at the table. Every small story is welcome to be grafted in to the big story of God and Jesus Christ.